0: Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Grow a Soul and welcome as well to a new short series on the podcast which is going to be released every other episode over the next couple of months which is coaching catch-ups. So what I'm doing is having conversations with previous coaching episode guests to see how they're getting on and what's changed for them. So today I am joined by Jane Badu, the founder of We Are Nomads, an online interior store inspired by travel. And Jane and I last spoke back in March 2019 on episode 33, at which point she had less than a thousand Instagram followers and was really pretty much just starting out in her business. So today we discuss the growth Jane has seen since we last spoke, both in terms of what she has done strategically and also the impact of the movement to diversify social feeds in the summer of 2020. We take stock of how following her values continues to see her true and has really been what made many of her best decisions, and how she is redefining the way she uses social media and her views on growth full stop. So, I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Jane. Hi, Kate. It has been (laughs) just over two years since we last
1: spoke. I know. It kind of seems like a long time ago, but also it's it's really familiar as well.
0: Yeah. I can't believe it's
1: two years. It's just... (laughs) So well, I think last to... year
0: doesn't really count yeah.
1: as well. <laughs> we'll just skip It was a lost that. year last year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so before we get into the proper catch-up, for anybody who hasn't listened to your last episode yet, can you give us a quick refresh on what it is that you actually do and the kind of inspiration behind the business and how it all got set up?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm an interior designer by trade and... um I went freelance about five years ago and took a trip to Morocco. And I was just really inspired by the crafts that I saw in the city. And I just thought, this is just amazing. Like all of this stuff is just full of color and texture. And I just thought, wouldn't it be amazing to bring all of this back to England to just show people that they might not know about that sort of craft and just to kind of put that on a pedestal. And so I came back Um, Did some research on how to set up an online shop because I've never Mm -hmm. done anything like that before. I've never even worked in retail. (laughs) Yeah, I did some research and then a couple of years later, I went back to Fez in Morocco. And then um, I just kind of met some weavers and some leather makers and then bought just a handful of products and then set up an online shop. And um, it's called We Are Nomads. And the idea behind that is to create this sense of collecting objects from travels and also to focus on kind of African craft, which is kind of, it's emerging now, but at the time it was, I felt like there was a lot of Scandi trends around. So it was kind of looking at, you know, how to bring the excitement and my love for travel into interiors. So um, that was... So late 2018, I actually launched the website. So yeah, since then I've been kind of working on that full-time in the pandemic, but part-time, usually part-time around interior design work. Mm.
0: So how did the pandemic affect things? Cause obviously with travel being not only like a core yeah. <laughs> value of the brand, but also the way you get your stuff. How, how did that how how have you navigated that
1: i mean it's a huge it's like everything so yeah travel was kind of off the table also interior design work which is my full time work which is focused on retail design and restaurants and um, cruise ships right. <laughs> so that was all <laughs> it's like everything kind of one day was kind of gone it was really strange so yeah, it's been a huge change like last year and just coming into this year. So what I did last year was because I couldn't travel. I, I still had connections with people in Morocco, so I was able to import some products. It just took like three months because <laughs> it was stuck <laughs> in customs. Because we also had Brexit, so that was yeah. like, a big hassle. But I've also been looking at UK makers, which was a really nice um kind of way of connecting with you know people in this country because I'm always kind of looking abroad and so it was it was I found some really lovely brands in the UK that I stocked last year so yeah it's kind of I've been it's it's kept going but it's just slightly different it's a different Mm. sort of hopefully you know I want to get back to the the core of it when I can travel again but at the moment it's um it's a kind of a different turn but a really interesting turn as well to um connect with some mainly ceramics uh, makers in the uk
0: right and i guess as (laughs) travel has been redefined you can reflect it in the shop in that more people are just staying in their country to travel and travel in their own countries and so that is reflected in the shop and it's that's quite a nice thing that it's not kind of holding so strictly to it's very much foreign travel and we're not doing anything yeah. other than that. It's letting the shop reflect the times yeah, we live in.
1: Yeah. Because I was like, oh, you know, should I... Because, you know, you kind of, especially when you work on your own, you kind of have these sort of the goals of, or the aims of the, the brand. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, can I do that? Because I've said it's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> African products. So <laughs> it was like, I thought, yeah, you yeah, why not? Like people... Yeah I've got some makers in Cornwall and Cornwall is one of my favourite places in the UK and there are also you know amazing places to travel in the UK which I think we're discovering a lot more now. Yeah it's nice to kind of it's like a, a home collection almost <laughs> like yeah. a year of um, staying at home and kind of reassessing that which I think a lot of people have done last year. <laughs> Everyone's kind of doing up their home and just kind of redefining what home means
0: you know yeah yeah and I love that you said that you kind of had that wrestle with yourself of am I allowed to do this when you're the only one who decided it in
1: the
0: first place and so what was was that quite a drawn out sort of process of deciding that or did you find it quite easy to make that decision
1: I thought about it not for that long. It was kind of quite an easy decision because I followed the makers already. It was just how to talk about it mm. because I suppose when you, I mean, we all, we're all kind of mainly on Instagram <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of rules. that like, you know, it's a marketing focus. And I was like, you know, trying to find like how do I pivot that to mm-hmm. UK makers? But I think, um, I mean, it's, it's probably just all in my head. <laughs> I think I've... It's fine. You know, it's just that, yeah, it's the rules which you kind of set in your own head <laughs> that mm. you kind of have to just break away from. It was really great to... I think people were really excited about the idea of discovering UK makers that they might not have heard of before because you kind of... I kind of think that, oh, people have probably seen this before, you know, on Instagram, but mm. a lot of it they haven't. So that was really nice. And it was really nice to shine a light on smaller ceramics makers too
0: Mm. yeah it's really lovely and i think as as you were saying that it's all down to the communication and the story and you can get so wrapped up in those rules that you've set for yourself (laughs) Um, (laughs) that it's a good story is a good story yeah and you know especially in a product space a good product is a good product it doesn't matter where it was made in a lot of ways obviously there are (laughs) issues with sustainability and ethicals and and all that sort of thing but in terms of the kind of makers you're working with whether it was made in Cornwall or whether it was made somewhere else if it's a good product with a good story that's what's going to hook people in and so your job is just to bring that story to
1: the fore and tell it yeah yeah definitely I think that's something that I'm kind of, kind of getting used to, or get, you know, as well like telling the story of the maker, because ultimately that's the the focus of the brand. Also, handmade make you know everyone the makers that I work with all make products by hand, and it's not mass produced, so it's also really nice to tell that story. I think people have got more of an appetite for that as well mm. after, you know, it was even in terms of like top shop and the high street sort of sustainability and those kinds of conversations of also play into homewares as well mm. and interiors so yeah it's been a really um, interesting time
0: so would you say that 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 storytelling element is something that you've grown into or that you've kind of more recently started doing or is it more that you've always kind of tried to do it, but now you, you feel like you've kind of got your group, into your groove with it?
1: Yeah, I think I've always tried to do it. I think I'm probably still learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's um, I'm always kind of trying to better those kind of stories on my writing skills. So, um, I mean, hopefully that comes through. But yeah, it's just a constant work in progress, I think, mm. <laughs> just kind of learning how to tell the story because when you're like I know it but I have to tell that to other people and you can sometimes get you know get you you kind of have to look at it from an outsider's point of view so yeah it's something that I'm I'm constantly refining constantly learning with every kind of product as well
0: yeah you sound like you've got a really good kind of outlook and approach to it because yeah it's one of those things that you will just always be getting better at like mm. the, the thing that you write today is going to be the best you've ever done but also it's going to be one of the worst you'll ever do yeah. because you're going to get so much better and better and better yeah, yeah, yeah. and so just not letting that which is what a lot of people do is like waiting to be good enough before they put mm. it out and actually not letting that yeah. be a barrier to you doing that is really really great
1: <laughs> yeah I think you don't learn unless you sort of go for it do you You just Mm. you have to look back on what you've done and kind of learn from that Mm. Yeah.
0: so with your the first episode it was all about the fact that you had like a couple of hundred instagram followers at the time and obviously that has now grown quite a lot more (laughs) and so maybe we'll we'll circle back to what happened there but in terms Mm. of the storytelling and all that sort of thing have you found it maybe easier to do that because you have more of an audience there and you're getting more kind of conversation going is that do you think that's been a a factor
1: I think it's yeah definitely I think him because I've got some really lovely I've had some really lovely conversations on Instagram with people that really buy into the brand and the, the ethos of it so it definitely makes it easier because I feel like I'm talking to them mm. so yeah it's 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 just it's great to have in um, feedback as well from previous customers you know I asked a, cu- a few customers what why they bought from me and I just got some really lovely feedback from that so I kind of used that to sort of try and speak to them mm-hmm. because when you when you sort of start off it feels like you just kind of speak into <laughs> the ether. Like, you yeah. know, it's kind of difficult to know like, what people respond to and what people want to hear from you as well. Mm. So yeah, it's definitely helped to kind of have the back and forth with um, customers
0: yeah because that's that's all there really is to it it's like yeah <laughs> asking people what they like and giving it to them yeah. <laughs> in a way that yeah. you've, you've curated in a way that you can kind of bring your your sort of expertise is the only word I can think of but also your sort of flavor to it so in terms then of of growing mm. that community and getting that engagement what have been the kind of major things that have happened over the last two years to have taking you from where we were last episode to here and what do you think have been some of the kind of catalysts for that growth and or is it just time?
1: I think um, it was definitely two factors so the pandemic and um, people I think people definitely became more comfortable with online shopping Mm -hmm. and um, I also at the very beginning I connected with them some sustainable brands and we did a, a vegan giveaway. So that was, that drove kind of a few, like hundred followers. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of growing gradually. And then the, um I think the, another big factor was the um, Black Lives Matters kind of movement in June. So that was also, I mean, it was really, it was kind of very, strange because yeah it was kind of off the back of a huge a tragedy it was kind of yeah more focused on on my shop so it was very um confusing I found it quite difficult to sort of navigate that because it was it was good for the shop to get um attention but it kind of felt quite uncomfortable with the reason why but it you know it it, it did get I got a lot more followers from that. And then um, also people sharing the brand. So they were kind of the big factors in, in the growth. So, yeah, it's kind of, it was like a very, like, from sort of June to September was like a, the busiest time I've, I've ever had in the shop. And then it kind of just goes back to normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just, um, I don't know, there was like a lot going on at that time. So they were... They were kind of the two factors, I think, for the growth since like last year. I think that was.
0: And so, how does that all feel now? Because, as you say, like that's a like very confusing and just like how how should I feel
1: about this kind of
0: period of time?
1: Yeah, I think now it's kind of the people that want to support it for the not just because I'm black woman they support it because they support the shop I think that's kind of maybe the audience has been refined more Mm. than it was at that time so you know there's a constant like losing followers and gaining followers and I think it just kind of evens itself out
0: Mm.
1: so I think that um yeah it seems to be the right people I think following it at the moment as opposed to people following because they want to, you know, have like a diverse kind of um, feed. So I think it's it seems to have sort of, yeah, evened itself out now. I think it's something that you can never, it's just something that happens, you know, it, it's not completely, it's, you can't never plan for that kind yeah. of growth, you know, at, at that time. And I think it's happened a lot with other brands and other, you know, other sort of social issues maybe like female-owned brands and Asian-owned brands you kind of get these sort of blips where there's lots of new followers and then and then it kind of goes back to normal Mm. (laughs) so yeah I think it's just the Instagram kind of world that we live in
0: (laughs) rightly or wrongly and I guess in terms of how you were kind of showing up during that period and post that period did you ever feel like oh suddenly I've got all these eyes on me I need to be a certain way or did you feel quite comfortable staying close to the brand and just worrying about that rather than worrying about what all these people might have wanted
1: yeah I definitely kept in line with the brand I didn't want to just be there for what you know what people sort of expect from me it was you know, this is what I do, this is the brand, you know, if you like it, you can sort of follow. And and I wasn't going to start talking, you know, I don't sort of, my focus is artisans and craft. And I think that is something that I want to talk about in the support of black businesses is kind of, that's the customers kind of, um, I suppose that's, if they want to follow a black-owned business, you um, it's not really for me to tell them why or that's kind of up to them mm-hmm. and then um, i'm just doing what i'm doing i'm not gonna sort of refine my message to you know or change the yeah, message yeah. depending on on that focus mm-hmm. so yeah i just kind of carried on the message and the messages as well as you know focusing on african designers so that's that's my sort of um love you know that's my passion project so um and i think it it goes hand in hand as well so it just naturally fits into that you know the sort of anti-racism kind of world is automatically that so it wasn't something that i didn't really change the message
0: Mm -hmm. and so more more generally then how do you feel about that follower number because i know that it can be a quite all-consuming thing to sort of worry about. And as you say, it goes up and it goes down and it goes yeah. up and it goes down. And so do you, is it something that you kind of pay a lot of attention to? Or, yeah, how, well, how do you feel about Instagram followers?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, a few months ago, I was really focused on it because it, it kind of meant that more people were seeing the brand which is ultimately the sort of aim with social media. Mm-hmm. But I think now I'm just comfortable with it. And if it never grows anymore, then that's okay. As long as people, the people that do follow, enjoy the content and enjoy, you know, the ethos of the brand. I think that um, that's okay. Because it is a lot of people, even, you know, 500 people, it's a lot of people. And I think if if they're behind you, then that's it, you know, you can have sort of like a hundred thousand followers, and you don't have that mm. connection with them. So I think um, it's more about sort of connecting with with the followers as opposed to the number. I mean, I always want it want it to grow. So I suppose that's a, the biggest measure, isn't it? Like the, the follower number mm. is a measure of sort of how many people are seeing it. But ultimately, you know, I have to enjoy Instagram as well. It's I don't want it to be this kind of race to you know the the sort of 10,000 follower mark Mm. I want to actually enjoy it as well and I think a few months ago I kind of felt like I felt like I was a social media manager as opposed to a shop owner (laughs) right yeah because I was constantly you know planning content photographing it content and writing captions and it's like you know there's there's more there's a richer kind of um, role as a you know an online shop owner Mm. than just the social media so um yeah I'm just trying to enjoy it more now and sort of focus less on that on the numbers
0: would you say there was a kind of moment or like a a period because you said it was a couple of only a couple of months ago that you was kind of still focused on it and do you think what is it that made that that change to to where you are now
1: um well I think I had about a week off (laughs) Off yeah. Instagram. <laughs> because... And you're of, like, oh, there's a whole
0: other life out <laughs> here. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially because, well, like, we've been at hey, I've been at home for over a year, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I need to just get out, you know, and just kind of have a walk around, you know, and stop this constant focus on it. So then when I came back to it, I kind of felt more comfortable with being able to leave it for a few days and you know, get back to sort of real life. It's kind of having a refine in refining the relationship with social media, which it is to be social and it is to kind of, you know, chat with people and kind of focus less on your own page or your own profile. So um, it definitely helped to kind of look outwards as well and not focus inwards so much because... I mean, there's so much inspiration on there as well. It's really great to see other small brands that have really flourished during the pandemic. So it's great to, you know, just kind of, yeah, just not be so sort of um, inward looking with it. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. I think it's so easy to let Instagram become your job. Where you just you're you're just working for Instagram, (laughs) you're just doing what they everything they want and producing content for their platform, and just actually lose track of the fact. Oh, I have my own business here that I'm supposed to be running.
1: Um, It's just like the reels and there's like new features since we spoke. Even there's like new hmm. reels wasn't a thing then, and then there's there's guides and there's IGTV and there's you know it's like so many avenues you, you can use to sort of get yourself out there you kind of you can fall victim to all of them. Spend a lot of time making yeah.
0: little videos. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you doing outside of Instagram in terms of well marketing but just like in general how, yeah. how are you spending your time?
1: <laughs> yeah so um, I've been focusing on PR which has been uh-huh. really good since we last spoke so just trying to get the story out into in um, magazines and to get products into magazines so that's been a really it's really nice to focus on like physical objects as well because I love magazines it's really nice to kind of think about that audience as well that isn't always it's a digital brand but it's nice to focus on, you know, something tangible like, a, mm. you know, a magazine. So, um, yeah, I've been uh, featured in a couple, so that's been really good. And um, also I'm always on Pinterest, but, <laughs> you know, it's, that's something that I've used for years. So actually I find that kind of, it's almost like light relief because <laughs> it's just mm. quite easy to kind of produce. And I've just started on Clubhouse. So I've created a room which tells, I tell travel stories every week from different countries and different cities. So I've, I've only done one. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm trying to build that and trying to create, get back to the love of travel because yeah. we can't at the moment. So I think um, in trying to have people come in and tell their own travel stories. So in... Um, yeah just trying to focus in on sort of trying to build a community
0: mm.
1: as well yeah
0: yeah that's yeah that just sounds all really lovely and also smart <laughs> like <laughs> that there's the 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 pinterest is your sort of almost seo search side of things yeah. you've got the pr to kind of pick up people who you're, you're never going to be able to reach cuz they're just picking up a magazine somewhere and yeah. and also that brand building piece that PR does and then the very focused brand storytelling and community stuff over on Clubhouse so you're kind of ticking all the sort of boxes that and you've got a real spectrum there of you know going from people who are searching for stuff for their house all the way through to just people who love travel and and using that to kind of drip people into the brand in whatever way they need yeah. to be introduced
1: to it. Yeah. I think, Did it feel yeah, intentional yeah, like that? that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I think there are people that they might not really be that much into interiors, but they love travel. Mm. And there might be people that love interiors, but they might not be a huge fan of travel. So it's kind of trying to connect with it's kind of for both of those people in, in different ways. Mm. So um, yeah, trying to it'd be also like trying to maybe inspire people that aren't into travelling to travel maybe because they bought a piece in the shop that might inspire them to to travel to where that was made, or it might inspire someone that's interested. They might have come across a blog piece on you know Ethiopia, and they might be inspired by the products from Ethiopia. So hopefully it'll cross pollinate with those those kind of different audiences. Yeah.
0: How do you how do you feel in uh, yourself in terms of doing stuff for the business now? How because I kind of get a feel of you, especially compared to last time, which was very very early on. That there's like a real kind of quiet confidence. And does that yeah. do you? How, yeah. How do you feel in yourself and and all that sort of. All your capabilities.
1: Yeah, I feel I feel like I've grown since we last spoke. It's still challenging working alone because you kind of it, it, you have to sort of do everything. But I think because it's the community's grown, on my kind of people, I've met people that I can ask questions to mm-hmm. of, and um, so I suppose that kind of instills confidence. And just you know, you're trying and testing things, so you kind of get immediate feedback on new products and new ideas you can sort of get immediate feedback so that kind of builds confidence and also I think um yeah just being able to ask for help helps as well because you kind of I think when we last spoke I kind of felt like I had to know everything
0: Mm.
1: already but you know part of the journey is learning You you don't have to know everything you can just kind of pick up knowledge along the way I suppose as the as you kind of anybody's circle grows you kind of meet more people so that definitely helps to expand knowledge so yeah I think it's still it's still sort of a work in progress I think it's Mm -hmm. just always going to be like that I think it if it wasn't I'd probably be bored (laughs) if it was just I suppose that's the challenge is you know what's the new collection where's it going to come from and what's the future what does the future hold I suppose that kind of keeps the the drive going in a way so yeah
0: yeah I absolutely relate to that that's and there are some people who can have a business where they do the the same thing and that's where that and they that's what they like because they can there's that sort of predictability there but for me, I need to always be doing something different and otherwise yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm bored of this now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I can't, like, if I have a list, I can't just do, like, one to ten. I have to do, like, one, then I'll do six, then maybe I'll do, <laughs> I'll just, like, keep switching just to keep it interesting.
0: <laughs> so what would you say have been the kind of biggest challenges over the last couple of years what you've sort of really had to dig deep to to get through or get around
1: I would say the biggest challenge is working alone and trying to do everything from bootkeeping to marketing (laughs) to (laughs) social media and just having time to fit all that in it can feel quite overwhelming to have you know I need to do at this point like I need to do SEO on the website I need to you know change the name of all the images on the website and I need to edit photographs and there's like a lot to sort of do so I think that's the biggest challenge and also knowing you know do I hire a freelancer to help is it or should I save that money and spend it on marketing so it's always it's it's difficult to sort of know which things to sort of get help on which Mm. things not to so it's this kind of you know and it's probably myself as well think you know sort of trying to do all those things or trying to get good at those things but some things I just like bootkeeping it, it's just something that I'll always put off <laughs> so <laughs> I think there are some things you need to just I need to get help on mm. so I suppose that's the, the biggest challenge is just time and not wasting it um, and and using it as well as I can hmm.
0: yeah I think that's very interesting and it's something that I see a lot with people and see in myself is that you when you are first starting out you're in this kind of survival mode of just like holding every penny and like just bootstrapping everything and doing yeah. everything yourself and then you get to a point where the business is sustaining, but you still are in that survival mindset and still yeah. trying to do everything yourself, but with like a whole load of more stuff to do. Yeah. And it's it has to be, I think, quite a conscious switch of, oh no, I'm at a point now where I don't need to survive. I need to thrive in this yeah. and make sure that I'm being the smartest thing is not to do everything myself anymore actually and particularly with things like your time i mean probably changing the names on 150 photos isn't the best use of like two hours of your time or probably six hours of your time um and so yeah it's it's one of those things and it's very difficult i think with outsourcing to be able to say well if I pay this freelancer £100, I can guarantee that the time that I'm going to, sp- the freed up time is going to be worth 150 It's very difficult to kind of weigh it up like that. But for me personally, I like to think of it as just buying my time back and it's a cost to me rather than something that I try and make back, if that makes sense, so I'm yeah. just like, nope. I I'd get 4 hours from that and that's that's my return on investment from hiring that freelancer and I can either like go for a walk or yeah. I can and I or I can go and do like a photo shoot or whatever yeah. um so yeah that's my my two pence about outsourcing yeah.
1: <laughs> in life, I think that's a really important point to go for walks <laughs> especially now because yeah it is you can just wake up and then all of a sudden it's the evening and you haven't left the house you've just been (laughs) behind a laptop so I think it's Mm. it's important to take time away as well to refresh
0: Mm. yeah and exactly as you found where you took a week off Instagram Mm -hmm. and that shifted a whole lot of stuff for you where you're no longer working for Instagram and you're just like (laughs) using it as a tool again that It's so easy to get into this kind of productivity bind of just wanting to be so productive all the time and like really use all your time so wisely, whereas actually the gaps are so necessary.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, there are a lot of, you know, people that like, you know, work like 12 hours a day. And if you're not doing that, you're not, um, you know, working hard. It's just like, (laughs) I mean, for me, that's not that enjoyable. Like I want to enjoy it as well. Mm. I don't want it to feel like I'm this like hustler, you know. Sort of. I want it to be conscious and intentional, and not just this kind of hustle kind of culture mm. as well. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that just slogging it out, and I'm sort of like, for what? You know, um, <laughs> the the thing that I always think of is, you know, if you make a million pounds or you get to ten thousand followers, like what happens the next day yeah (laughs) like who are you the next day after that you're still the same person yeah (laughs) you just and it it kind of it feels sort of empty that if you just spend your entire time hustling towards this kind of numerical goal without any sort of substance behind what you actually want it for once you get it then what I always think there must be such a crash for people that you know, if you're not thinking, well, actually I want, what I want is to be able to work four hours a day so I can have all the afternoons off. Like that's a,
1: yeah.
0: a tangible thing still, but
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I think, um, yeah, I think it's definitely people that focus on that is for other people really, ultimately, because you have to enjoy the journey. Mm. It can't just be about... You know, a million pounds or whatever. Mm. It has to be about more than that. So yeah, so that yeah, trying to sort of um, also find time to enjoy work is important. Mm.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and going back to the outsourcing thing, are you going to enjoy renaming one hundred (laughs) and fifty photos, or in those four hours, is there something you could enjoy more?
1: (laughs) definitely I can think of (laughs) anything's more enjoyable than retitling (laughs) images
0: (laughs) so yeah that sort of brings us on to and maybe it's the same answer we'll see but um what the kind of main challenges that are now emerging for you And, and I guess as you think forward to the rest of this year and and the years to come and where you want to go with this and how and I guess as well for you when when and if your interior design work picks back up how how then the shop that's been a full job full-time job for 12 months is going to slot back in so what's kind of worrying you about the
1: future I guess at the moment what's what struggles are coming up there yeah I think that's definitely something that I need to when interior design work picks up again which hopefully that will um then the shop kind of does become secondary to that, so I suppose then it's about having processes that work. So it could be like batching posts to go out and batching blog posts, and just kind of trying to be smart about it, so so I don't feel overwhelmed. Um, but yeah, I suppose the biggest challenge is trying to grow the shop, and um, because you know, since COVID there's been so much change and now, like, April's been quite quiet because I think people are kind of shopping again in physical shops. So there's always this kind of challenges throughout the sort of year that you have to kind of get over. I suppose it's just kind of trying to um, weather those storms and trying to create something that can almost manage itself. Because um. Um, if, if I do kind of, batch content and try and work that way around I can take feel comfortable taking time to do interior design so it's trying to find trying to marry those those two careers together yeah and then I'm also so in the shop I, because I do interior design I'm trying to maybe find people that want to redesign their home so I've kind of Added the interior design service as an add-on for the shop so that's another challenge trying to sort of grow that because I'd love to be able to integrate residential design with the shop mm. look and feel so then there's kind of that's another challenge so yeah I suppose it's trying to find which one wins yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because yeah I mean full-time interior design workers it's really it's good because it it generates um, an income which I can put back into the shop. So I suppose it all kind of feeds off each other.
0: Mm.
1: And then, yeah, so just trying to figure out how to manage time again better so I don't come home at seven o'clock and then have like three hours of work to do with the shop.
0: Mm.
1: So yeah, it's just trying to find a way of, which I'm trying to do at the moment. I think I've got quite a good structure with my time at the moment. So, you know, trying to keep that going. So this is gonna be the next challenge. Yeah. And also, yeah, deciding which areas to outsource and which areas to, to bring in. Even things like photography and content creation, it'd be really, it'd be nice to partner with people to, to do that. So yeah, I suppose it's just trying to find processes that work and find people that I can work with well so it kind of feature-proofs the shop
0: yeah it's it's professionalizing really and yeah. like I said coming out of that survivor mindset and into a more kind of CEO mindset in a lot of ways and and mm. that means and the reason that I'd love to do wanted to do these episodes is to kind of prove that there's not a point where it becomes easy yeah. <laughs> like, there's when you're starting out there's a whole load of challenges but then once yeah. you get two years down the line there's just different yeah. challenges just different, around yeah. yeah where where to spend your time where to spend your money what to prioritize yeah. um and it's interesting as well what you were saying about the kind of offerings in the shop and what's going to win because you can do all of them you just can't do all of them at once so it might be that there's something that you think well perhaps this particular service I'll actually put to the end of next year before I properly Mm -hmm. look at that because I want to do these other things first and we have a tendency to stack everything on top of each other rather than kind of lay them out along a timeline but I think like you were saying that having the shop almost run itself is a really nice focus to have as a kind of goal of how can what does that look like for me and what things do I therefore need to put in place and like you're saying there's all things like processes but you can get really creative around the thinking around that where it could almost be okay well how can my business model almost run itself so maybe I have like a subscription where people get something every month or something new every Mm. season and that's kind of almost passive because you're not having to get a new customer every single time and you've got stuff flowing in and out all the time that that might be something to think about if you're kind of focusing on how can the shop run itself like yeah. I feel like that's a really interesting question to dig into all sorts of areas
1: yeah definitely yeah and I think him um, once I kind of figure that out it'll be more enjoyable as well in mm. kind of a weight not that it's a weight, but that kind of, you know, that feeling of you've just got too much to do.
0: Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I think it'll definitely help me to sort of, like you said, plan more. So, yeah, it might be kind of staggering. Because mm. I think I just kind of think, oh, I'll do that. And then i update <laughs> the
0: yeah, website. Yeah, just put it straight on the website. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely that kind of looking at it, is it not as a hobby? It's it should be a business, and it should be kind of run like that mm. in order for it to grow. I think it kind of needs that yeah. just to sort of give it some give it the respect it deserves. I think so. Yeah. I think that'll help me to to actually put time into it.
0: And yeah. again, it's that, that coming out of survivor mode of, oh God, I've, I've had this idea. I'm going to put it up on the website mm-hmm. straight away. And it's actually like, no, I've had this idea. It's really good, but I'm going to spend my time kind of crafting the best offering it could be and thinking about how it's really going to work and fit with the shop and when is the best time to do it where I can devote the time to it rather than... Just yeah. adding it on top of an already full plate and be like, well, I'm, I'm going to move some stuff off my plate so I can bring this onto the plate later. And then having it a more, yeah, like I said, staggering it, but it's not and, and, and all the time. It's, yeah. well, I do this or I do that. I can't do both with the time I have to the way it needs to be done. Yeah,
1: definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, creating products with that kind of, Refinement as well so it doesn't feel rushed it doesn't look rushed Mm. is important
0: yeah yeah that's it it's and what it's kind of we're circling around is how you want to feel in the day-to-day of running your business and having that as a driver and this is just such a perfect example of it of Okay, well, how I want to feel is that the run the shop is kind of running itself in a lot of ways, so I can focus on really interesting projects, and that therefore is becoming the driving yeah. force in the way that the shop is being run in the shop way that the shop is growing in the direction it's going in and that is so much more motivating than numbers because it's how mm-hmm. you want to feel in this yeah. and how it's going to fit into your life and what your life is going to be like around it and I think that all sounds very exciting, yeah thank you so before we say goodbye rather than ask you how do you grow a soul again i thought i would read you your answer to that question from last time and then you can say you can have a surprise and you can say like how how that feels to you now hearing it back so this is what you said i want to grow a soul authentically I want to tell stories through every aspect of the business to create a space for myself which makes me happy and sets up the business as well. I'm just trying to create a community with like-minded people who have that freedom to travel and are looking to create a space around them that also makes them happy.
1: Yeah, I would <laughs> I would def- still agree with that and I think I'm kind of working towards that. I definitely want to create a space for people that for like-minded people So yeah hopefully that's kind of what I'm doing now in a small way yeah.
0: no I, as I was reading it I was like well this is everything we've talked about yeah. so.
1: <laughs> and
0: how does it feel hearing that back from past you
1: yeah it's um it feels like without knowing it I kind of feel like I've stuck to the same path yeah so I'm quite pleased with that that I haven't sort of abandoned those aims and kind of gone off on a tangent, you know. So, yeah, I'm glad glad that it's kind of, um, it aligns to that still. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's really nice that even though, you know, it's been two years, it's been a hell of a two years, and um, (laughs) like all the boggy stuff that happens and all the distractions and all the Instagram and all the you should do this, that throughout it all, that is still... A thread that, yeah, not always consciously, but it's it's there and it's really driving you. And I think that's really lovely.
1: Yeah, it's really nice to hear that back, actually. Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, where can people come and and find you and find the shop and join that like-minded community of people (laughs) who love travel?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you can find me on um, it's wearenomads.co.uk. And it's the same handle for Instagram. And um, I'm also on Pinterest, We Are Nomads. And if anybody is on Clubhouse, I know that's quite a new app, but it'd be great to connect on there as well and to share travel stories if people want to come along. So, yeah, I'm kind of mainly on Instagram. At the moment so yeah, <laughs> as always <laughs> as always yeah everyone is <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you so much Jane
1: yeah thanks Kate. it's really lovely to speak to you again
0: any links will be in the show notes on my website which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and Jane on Instagram I'm at simpleandseason and she is at wearenomads.co.uk if you have a friend who you think would really enjoy this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.